for tuning into the 442nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Everett, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting or platform you may be listening to me via, being recorded from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We're going to have a great show for all of you guys today. Going to have Mr. Zach on the basketball OG himself going to talk about the finals Warriors versus Celtics kind of recap the series to date also we're going to talk about predictions for game five as we're recording this Sunday night the game five of the NBA finals will be on Monday in Golden State in the Chase Center so we're going to talk about all that as well as uh best finals moments and some other NBA tidbits as well and we have the basketball OG himself on the show now before we get to that <clears throat> gotta get my shameless plug as always if you're a first-time listener, thank you, but subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify. I have everything timestamp. You can click on the timestamp, and we'll send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at Nitrate underscore Lane. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can type in Daryl Lane, and you will find that I post three to five-minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. For some odd reason, if you don't like the pod, then don't say anything. Because, you know what your mama told you? If you don't have anything nice to say... Don't say it at all. It could have next of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Mr. Zach on the show. Could have next of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have the basketball OG himself, Mr. Zach. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay, Daryl. Just trying to get my setup setup here, setups together here. And um, focus on this on this NBA Finals, which is um. Pretty decent basketball, but I've, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not Okay, so you haven't been super impressed so far. Why haven't you been impressed? Well, what's the series lack series lacking for you? Uh, one. I mean, so many turnovers. Uh, one game, Boston had so many turnovers. Um. Golden State is um Draymond Green and his addicts are just are becoming sickening. Um, <laughs> he's taking away he's he's a quality basketball player, but uh, it seems like you know his antics and and all these and the the, ref, the 
the cause the cause were not strict, um, even and uh, balanced either. Um, the Wade series. Um, I was impressed with Game Four. Um, the Warriors bench has been kind of inconsistent. Uh, I think they're outmatched, and I think they're outmatched in, the, in as far as size as size goes. If Boston uses their size to their advantage, they I think they have I think they have the edge if they use their size by putting Porter in a lineup. They try to stretch the floor. It might have it, it kind of worked, but I think I think Tatum for the take his team over the hump, but he didn't do it. So why has Draymond been sickening to you? Um, his performance, his antics, his antics—they're they're entertaining, and uh, he does a dirty work for his team. But uh, it's like four on five. All of a sudden, his his offensive game, which has not been that great, but it, it's almost it's almost like he he he's lost his he's lost his confidence. He warms up in three point line all game, and then then when the game comes, he he doesn't even shoot him. Uh, he has a floater shot. He's a good rebounder. He can go coast to coast. He's doing none, he's doing none of that, but. He's getting into the head of the Celtics, which I guess that's when your skills start to fade. You got to do anything you can to make yourself effective. And, you know, he's going to cost him a game eventually. Yeah, and the crazy thing is with Draymond, and I posted this uh, real time during game four, he scored two points. The only two points he scored were on a putback dunk. He was 1-7 from the field. He was 0-2 from the three. Uh, nine rebounds, eight assists, and that's all nice, and, and he plays good defense. But the issue is when, you, when you're having to play four and five and you can't keep defenses honest because they're like, we don't have to guard another guy, that limits the court spacing, and that makes it harder for guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson uh, to score. And it bogs down the offense, particularly with how good Boston is. And then we saw Kerr go away from Draymond in game four for a stretch. So my question to you is game for game five, six, potentially game seven, is that something Curry's gonna have to do again? Go away from Draymond more or, or at least the same amount he did in game four? Well depending on the floor depends on the floor of the game. He, I mean he still played thirty two minutes, thirty almost thirty three minutes. I mean but it depends on the floor of the game. I mean he's 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 a he's a disruptor on defense and he's a helper, but he became a he became a liability on offense as far as um, they, uh, Peyton got a few of his minutes. Um, basically, only two players off the bench even gave. I mean, Poole and Looney basically got the minutes. Um, Peyton was effective in his short state on the court. He played nine minutes, but he also had not five rebounds and five points, and uh, six and a steal and a block. So uh, he was productive in a short time span. 
Um, as far as Draymond Green goes, let's see how effective he gets down the stretch. Um, Iguodala might get Iguodala might be able to play next game. Um, he was a no show last game. Um, Otto Porter started, but he only played 14 minutes. But it was a change of pace to throw the uh, Boston system um, into into a into a into um, a little confusion, I guess you would call it. Have you ever seen a player of Draymond's caliber kind of get into his own head to this point in a championship series? For you two would be this when it comes to Draymond as well. I think, and I want your opinion on this. I believe for for sure the Warriors' best three guys, their their best lineup in some form or fashion includes Steph, Clay, and Wiggins. I don't know right now if their best lineup is Draymond in it. I think their best lineup is probably Steph, Clay, Wiggins, either Draymond or Looney. One of the two. I don't think having both of them on the court is something you want to sustain because then you're having de facto two bigs and neither can stretch the floor or give you any space. Uh, so I don't think that works. So who do you think is the fourth guy for the Warriors in, in that scenario? Who's that fifth man? I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure who the fifth, who the fifth man. I'm, I'm sitting here hoping they lose. <laughs> Yo, you want Boston to win. Huh? You want Boston to win. I mean, if I had to take a choice, you know, but you hate Boston. I don't. But I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't hate Boston. I, I mean, I'm not a big Boston fan. Um, I can't say I hate Boston. I respect good basketball. Um, over the years, they played good basketball. Once you take the your personal feelings out of it, they played some damn good basketball over the years. Um, maybe they like the style, or maybe they didn't like. Are you talking about Boston back in the day had the refs in their pocket or Boston now? You're talking about the Bird Celtics had the refs in their pocket, right? Yeah, 
No, I'm going to I'm, man, I'm talking about JoJo White Havlicek. Um, Cohen. JoJo White Havlicek. Dave Cow- Bill Russell didn't have the, the reps in his hat, but they just they just flat out beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? But that Dave Cowens, JoJo White Havlicek crew, oh, they got away with murder. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they won a championship uh, against the Phoenix Suns. They never even should have been in. They, they stole that champ. They stole the AF, uh, Eastern Conference Finals for the Buffalo Braves with a, with a, with what you call a ghost call, an invisible call. Uh, 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 and you go all the way back to wide right with the field goal or uh, in the, in the crease with hockey. Go back to that game against, and, and it was in our gym. A mystery foul. JoJo went to the line, and Celtics won. Uh, the rest is history. What did you so, think? Um, yeah, I, I've been, a, I've been, a, I'm not a, I'm not a Celtics hater, but I mean, I'm not a big Golden State guy. I, I, I appreciate how they play, but you, you got to remember, their championship game came came at the cost of my team, the Cavaliers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I have much respect. They, they play beautiful basketball, but I, I've never been a big Golden State guy. With Draymond, too, in terms of Draymond versus the Celtics fans, they're yelling, F Draymond, F Draymond. Draymond's, like, wife was talking about how sickening it is. Do you, and then he, Draymond kind of went on the Boston fans, like, oh, it's what I expect when I go in this arena. Then Mark Jackson made a good point. You'll get that in every arena, particularly when you're Draymond and you go at the fans and you go at people. Like, the, the Grizzlies fans were clapping when he got hit in the head. I know for a fact Cleveland Cavaliers fans, they despise Draymond. Do you think this is more of this just what the Celtics fans do in Boston, or is this just more an overall NBA thing? What's going to happen in a hostile crowd? Well, a little, a little quick story here. Um, I actually, I've seen Golden State play in person. I'd say six times, maybe seven, and uh, like. A lot of things you don't see. Like, during a timeout, when the TV's on commercial, he's chasing the ref up and down the sideline arguing at him. A couple of games I went to, he wasn't even in the huddle. <laughs> during a timeout, he was arguing with the ref. I'm talking about running full court, full speed to the other end of the court to yell in the ref's face. And they, and they, and they, let, and they constantly let him get away with it. But they paid him back in the playoffs in 2016 when they suspended him for that game. But um, in those couple of those games, he scored 30, 35 points. Um, he's like when you when you talking trash and producing, it's cool. When you talking trash and stinking up the court, you know. But even through all that, he had eight rebounds and eight assists. As ugly as he played, he still did something. And 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 when you made your post. About Draymond's only point was a two-point tip, and guess what he did immediately after you did that? Talking to the refs. Made the biggest offensive rebound in the game. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, you're right. He did that. He did that. He did that too. <laughs> but let's not also forget he was also driving the basket. He looked like he could have took the shot and had a good angle. He passes out to Clay, which I mean, it's Clay Thompson, but then Clay breaks it. 
And then he gets the offer to rebound. So you don't you you don't think fans like Draymond because of his complaining? Uh, well, he's a, he's a, his antics are his antics his antics are legendary. You know, fans don't like Ron Artest. Fans don't like Danny Ainge. Fans don't like Dennis Rodman. Fans don't like Draymond Green. Fans don't like Bruce Bowen. Those type of guys piss you off. Patrick Beverly, unless they're on your team. I mean, that's a whole list of knuckleheads I just named, right? <laughs> yeah, those, those are guys that can get under your skin. Yeah. Maybe you could put Marcus Smart in there, too. I don't think people... Marcus Smart can be a little... He had to grind at Oklahoma State, and he, he was to run the crowd and, and slap some dude around. He did that when he was at Oklahoma State. While he was at Oklahoma State, yeah, I think yeah. I do remember. I, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> that he almost messed up his draft status. People was questioning whether he should be drafted. That actually sounds. Got him good, yeah. So as a young as a young man, he held he 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 he, he demanded respect. His effort was always there. Now the talent is going along with the effort, and he, he about to, he's he's gonna make him some more money. And believe that. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're gonna talk more about the NBA Finals. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Mr. Zach with us. So on the Boston Celtics side of things, Jason Tatum, he was 8 for 23 uh, last game against the Warriors. This series, he's shooting 39% from the field. Not what you'd want from your star player 
We haven't seen that Tatum game. I think back to that, specifically that game six, we saw Tatum in Milwaukee where Giannis dropped like 45 and then Tatum matched him and gave him 40 himself. Will we see a Tatum game five, six, or even potentially a seven? I think it was like four points. One out of five, maybe one out of six. It wasn't good. Right, right. So you know that that's that's something we must. That's something he must um, deal with. Is the uh, the uh, scoring, the 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 uh, offensive effectiveness, the efficiency rate. Um, Quality ball player. Um, what I need to see is um, take his game to the next level. The same level he was playing against Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee. Um, it's hard to go shot for shot with Steph Curry. I mean, he, he, put, he puts a lot of pressure on you, I tell you. I tell you. Why do you think Tatum hasn't been his usual self so far? I, I can't. I can't put my finger on it. Um, like I said, he kind of draw fouls, man, and, and um, he only went to he only went to the line. He only going to the line like five times a game. I mean, it's not like he's going to the line because it's not like they're getting a lot of calls anyway. You know. I think um, the variety of players that Boston brings to the table, um, they're getting, well, you know, I was expecting more production from Grant Williams. The, the, guy, the white guy, um, white, white is, is producing. Yes, Derek Boston, White has been very good in this series. Boston's, Boston... Is playing like a rotation of like eight guys. Six is producing. The rest no is not showing up. Um, I'm expecting Horford to do something in one of these games. I mean, everybody gonna have to have a game where they step up. Tatum, Tatum is a natural scorer and a natural ball player. Uh, maybe he quit overthinking and just. Play his game. Don't draw the fouls. Just let, just let the game flow. Forget trying to draw fouls. Just let the game flow. Uh, his shot 
the number of shots he he, he took is is fine. You know, he, he's not over he's not overgunning or whatever. But uh, it's gonna it's gonna come a time. It's gonna come a time where the team gonna is gonna be dependent on him. And their big three, their big three, they all playing like forty minutes a game. Williams is a Williams can dominate just by his size alone. Uh, Golden State can't have an off shooting night, or they won't not not in the slightest. Cause that's the only thing that's getting them over that over the hump right now is their outside shooting. Um, they're getting out rebounded. Points in the paint is no contest. And I think Boston has has can overpower them. And I think, too, and I do want to go back to the Tatum thing for a second. I think, too, and it's not that Tatum's playing bad in the series, because even though he's shooting 39%, he's still getting his 24-25 a game, still making an impact on defense. He is finding a way to crash on the boards, even game one when he really struggled. He had, like, 13 assists. But I think, you know, my issue is with eventually your best player is going to have to have a few games where he's the best player on the court. This entire series, the best player on the court, game one through game four, has been Steph Curry. If the Celtics want to win the championship, Tatum's going to have to have a few games where he's the best player on that court. And right now, he's not producing as such. It's uh, so almost like going back to the tale of two halves. <laughs> you know, you got you to you play a complete game. Um, eight, out of, 8 out of 23. 8 out of 23. You, you, the, the the volume of shots are, are fine. Um, it's just a matter of putting the ball in the hoop. Um, his turnovers, I mean, six turnovers. Uh, a lot of those turnovers was, was because he, he was leaving his feet before um, before he made his decision. Uh, I can't sit here nitpick on his game like that, but uh, I'm expecting more. As you should, he's a superstar, right? And that's the standard that he's held to. Uh, and it, again, it's not that he's played bad in this series, just that sometimes when you're playing, he's playing right now his B-minus game. It's go time. It's the finals. It's a best of three now. We need him to play his A-plus game. And that's the great to do. Like when Steph Curry in game four drops 43 points. Enough said. So, and now with that, let's get to that man. The master as you call him. To see the master, Chef Curry, in full force, game four, 43, 10 rebounds as well. And to make the shot to me, what is going through your mind when you see him get hot like that? Well, he basically, he basically had his mercy. And the only, only chance you have is get the ball out of his hands. You know, the only choice you have is to get the ball out of his hands and make him work on the other end on defense. Otherwise, otherwise his confidence builds over the course of the game, and now you got now you now you got your hands full. Uh, I like the emotion that he showed in the game. Not the dancing around part. I'm talking about true. He that was raw emotion he was showing there. He wasn't. Taunting guys, or as I would call it, 
after you make a shot on the guy, you dance around. I, I don't really like that, but this style was more e- raw emotion and intensity. That's what I do like. So why don't you like the dancing around? Because I'm a competitor, and I'm, I'm a competitor, and um, if you, if you score you, you score 40 on me and you dance around, you might catch an elbow. <laughs> hey. Hey, it's all right. It's all right to celebrate, man. But you know, that's just like in football. You catch a bomb on me, you gonna just dance, keep dancing around. And well, we want to see something about that. But that's old school sports, and that's probably where I'm from. I'm not into. And you, if a good move is a good move, but now it's the celebrations kind of tick me off. I'd rather just play the game. But that's fine. That's probably the entertainment value too. So I can't be a. I can't be a. Uh. Uh. Grumpy, grumpy because somebody else is celebrating, but just don't do it on me. Steph Curry's game, that game four, uh, where does that rank for you? Are there any other Steph Curry games that just come to your mind where you're like, wow, that was special? Where does that game four rank for you? Or even get in terms of just games you've seen individually from other players. I mean, I've, I've seen it time and time again. Uh, him just take charge of the him just take charge of the uh, game, take charge of the flow of the game. Um, shooting ten to 12, 15 three points attempts of a game. That that's something that the new NBA does, and, and the old NBA didn't do. The team, the whole team might shoot fourteen threes in a game. Now you got one guy shooting up fourteen in, in a game. And, uh, I think it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. It was Wednesday. 116 to 100. Uh, hmm. I think... I think... Over the long over, over the long run, Boston has a size advantage. Golden State has the Curry advantage. <laughs> the curry about it. I smell, I smell a seven game series, but somebody else from Golden State is gonna have to step up. He, he, not saying he can't do it, but it's hard to kick those guys like Poole and those guys. You know, he's 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 like he, he's a he's a guy that can explode at any time too. I mean, he's almost scoring damn near a point a minute when he gets in the game, but uh. Don't count on him for no assists and uh, things like that. But as far as shooting, he can, he can get the job done. Somebody else is going to have to step up. But this is definitely a seven-game series. 
So you mentioned you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned I thought it was interesting. Steph, you said Steph Curry left you speechless, and not a lot of things leave you speechless. What other basketball players ever left you speechless? I just want to put this in perspective. A basketball player that left you speechless? Yes. Yes, I, I get what you're saying. I'm a sports analyst, and the sports analyst is not supposed to have a favorite team. At least he's not supposed to admit it. But we're coming from a different phase here. We 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 we're talking about sports history when you call me on the phone, and we when we do our interview. So it's a little different. Steph Curry, and I think this is interesting. I just want your perspective on this. Right, there's always so many things you can do, and you've mentioned this to me before. When you're a scorer and a scorer is hot, you can't really stop him. But to me, at this point, I think Ime Udoka, Udoka needs to be thinking to himself: When Steph's on the floor and Steph's like that, maybe we just have to blitz him and get the ball out of his hands. Because particularly now with how bad Draymond is, we've already mentioned he's kind of already in his head; he's not playing well. I mean, Clay's the only person that I think if you don't want to leave open. Uh, Wiggins, you don't want to leave him open, but I mean, if he gets an open shot, I guess you can live or die by that. Looney and Draymond taking shots, when those two guys are on the court, you have to blitz Steph Curry, in my opinion. If Draymond Green and Kevon Looney are on the floor, you need to blitz Steph Curry and get the ball out of his hands. Well, only, only, the only thing with blitzing Steph Curry, you got to do it for the whole 24-second clock, because after his initial pass, he's not going to just stand there. He's going to run to the next open spot. He might, after his pass, he's going to move... To, to get open in another space, and um, he might back that might backfire on you if you're not ready to play defense the whole 24 second clock. The initial blitz is cool, but after the first pass, he's popping out. He's about to find an open area again. So you have to you have to blitz him twice on possession. But I, I like that. It's a good try. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I'm just thinking, what can't? What else can you do? Because I'm just like, you have to let somebody else beat you. I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying you want to blitz them every possession, but I'm saying particularly when Draymond Green and Kevon Looney are on the floor, that's the moment when you need to start blitzing them. Because those two dudes can't really... I, that's when you need to start blitzing them. In my opinion. Particularly when those two guys are on the floor. Well, Looney's strength is moving after the pass and after the pick. Looney's strength is finding the open space when everybody else is um, chasing his other guys. Uh, his teammates make him look good. And he's an underrated offensive player. And I think... I, I, I think... Uh, I saw highlights of him as a young as a young man. He can handle the ball. And he can um, he can kind of use all his tools to become more, more effective. Um, but you can't leave him, you can't leave him open. But I mean, if you going if you're gonna flip a coin, who are you gonna leave open? Looney or Curry? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a no brainer. <laughs> who was the best shooter you ever saw pre Steph Curry? So pre two thousand ten. Well, you know, I adopted that. I adopted as Ray Allen's the most best pure shooter of all time. Okay, so you best had Ray Allen. Best pure shooter, catch and shoot, and he proved it. He proved it because he ran away with three point record, and until Curry came and just um, started the record. But I mean, big shot, big shot makers, Ray Allen, Larry Bird. At what point, when you were watching Steph Curry in his career, were you like, okay, I know Ray Allen was the best shooter before. I know Larry Bird, great shooter, but Steph's on another level. What point in Steph's career were you like, this is just something different? Well, it's the volume of shots that he takes. Uh, along with the ball having skill combined. I mean... In a, in a different world, you, you let Bird shoot 14 threes a game and see how many he will make. The only difference is he's not doing it just off the dribble. He's catching and shooting most, you know? Yeah. Uh, Ray Allen definitely catching and shooting. Uh, but he didn't have to create the three and shoot the three. Someone someone else creates the pass for those other two guys. Curry does a combination of both. That's the best way I could describe it. So we're gonna the do the volume of threes that he shoot. The volume of threes that he shoot is not even compared to those guys. Oh, I agree. I mean, Larry Bird was shooting like what, like three a game. I think Ray Allen the most in his career was like seven a game. I mean, Steph is clearing ten plus easy. Right. <laughs> easy. Right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take another break, and then kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk about some of the best. Final series ever. Cut up next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, and 
are back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Mr. Zach with us. So now we're going to talk about some of the best finals series of all time. So I got a little bit of a list for you. First, let's start with this. And the idea of this came from how Steph Curry has been playing. He's been playing absolutely phenomenal. This series, he's averaging 34.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 3.8 assists. On 50% shooting from the field and 49% shooting from three. When I give you those numbers, what do you think? Well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at his numbers. Uh, playing some of the best basketball of his career. Playing both ends of the court. Um, he's providing leadership. Um, he's, in, he's, he's in his prime. So there were other good... I mean, in his 30s, and he's still in his prime. So there were other good uh, playoffs, uh, finals playoff series performances. You have Giannis last year. Giannis, in 2021, he was 35.2 points per game, 13.2 rebounds, 5 assists, and he was 61% from the field. He also had like a 50-point game uh, one time, and he had a game-saving block. I don't know if you remember that. What did you make of Giannis' finals? When you score 50 in a closeout game, that automatically puts you in legendary status, if you ask me. I mean, those performances rank with with the um, the, the Jordans, the Magics, the Walt Frazier's, uh, the greatest uh, performances of all time type stuff. Um, LeBron James, he's had plenty of outstanding games, but that was something special. So then let's go to LeBron in 2016 when the Cavs came back down 3-1 against the Warriors. Now, there's a pivotal a pivotal game five in this series where Draymond was suspended. LeBron and Kyrie both dropped 40. I believe that's the first and only time two teammates have ever dropped 40 plus points each in a final series, which says a lot. Like Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant played. Exactly, 41 apiece. Yes, and that says a lot because, let's remember, folks, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry played with each other. Uh, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal played with each other. Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played with each other. A lot of great players have played with each other. And the fact that they're the only two to ever drop 40-plus each in a Game 5 shows how special that was. But LeBron, that series, he was... Uh, 29.7 points per game, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists, and he shot 49% from the field, and he shot 37% from three. What do you remember about that series? Well, uh, that was 16, right? Yeah, that was the comeback. Yeah, and, uh, uh what? Well, what I remember about that series, I, 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 went, I actually went to a game three. And uh, one of my highlights of my life. Okay, I'm going to sit out in game three. I went to game six, game three, team. The results weren't the same. But great. Um, game three, 16, we blew. The, um, the Cavs blew um, Golden State out. Um, even being as an adult grown man, I'm. I, 
nicest kids you ever seen. I mean, I had a Kool-Aid smile that you wouldn't believe, man, that, you know, I was able to see that with my own eyes, not on TV. I had my friends calling me, looking for me on TV. <laughs> All the man. And as far as that series go, pound for pound, that's probably one of the greatest individual put putting a franchise on your back and carrying them. Um, I I I rank I rank that um the classic classic series. Oh, you think they need a Kevin to do something with LeBron after that? Yeah, I mean, Ray Charles could see that. That's obvious. <laughs> it was over. We ripped their hearts out, and they had to go get they, they had to go get a killer. They had to go get a killer, and um, he came he came there and did what he he did what they got what they got him for. He came and did exactly what he was recruited to do. Hired a gun for two years, then goodbye. So now let's go to 2015. You have another LeBron performance. This was the year the Cavs were up 2-1 against Golden State. LeBron, uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love were both hurt. Uh, then Andre Kadago comes to the series, do the death lineup, and the Warriors win in six games in 2015. LeBron James, without Kyrie and Kevin Love, he was 36 a game. 13 rebounds, 8.8 assists, and a losing effort. What do you remember about LeBron that series? I think in this series he hit his head on the camera. Had stitches in his head and all that, all that other stuff. Uh, he, 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 just was, he, he was a true warrior. Um, he looks to his left, he looks to his right. I mean, you got guys like George Hill and Kyle Carver. And those guys, they can't, they can't hit a bucket to save their life. Uh, Tristan Thompson's falling all over the place. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I, I, I feel bad for him. He, I mean, as far as his players breaking down and what he had left to deal with. In terms of best, and I don't want to make this a whole LeBron segment, but, uh, right, we're talking about Steph Curry's Game 4. Let's go to 2018. LeBron's Game 1 in 2018. When he dropped, I don't know, you probably remember this, 51-8-8 on 50% shooting in Golden State without Kyrie and Love. because I mean, Love was playing. Kyrie was in Boston. Do you remember anything about that game? That was the JR game. He basically did all he could do uh, just to get them to the finals was a was a was a feat. I think I think that I think they went 
to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Yes, with Boston. Yeah, uh, he carried he carried a hell of a load, and um, once again, the dominance the dominance and the beauty of the game is is something that we we won't we, we won't see too often, and we and I never see again, and. Um, I also think that to keep the player, you know, like you said, I'm not trying to make this all about LeBron, but that he's the topic of the conversation. But those those type of numbers, those type of stats, those type of efforts are, are, are um, historical moments, um, individual moments in basketball. And when your historical individual moments also turn into a victory for your team. That's a total package right there. So now let's go to 2006. You have Dwayne Wade uh, when the Miami Heat beat the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the Mavericks were up 2-0, and then uh, Dwayne Wade played fabulous, and they won the next four games. So Dwayne Wade, he was 35 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, and four assists. Also, that series, I think people always talk about this. He got, he was getting the line like 20 times a game towards the end of that series. What do you remember about that playoff series? He was in pure the attack mode. Uh, the, thing I, the thing I remember about that series, as, as far as, besides from him being in attack mode, I remember it's like every game someone new stepped up that to provide some needed help or great effort and play one game at a time. One game, Alonzo Morning came in for Shaq as a replacement. He brought like six or five or six shots. I mean, big shots. I mean, he was all over the place. Key moment. And Walker, he came. He had, he had one or two good games in that series. One game, Gary Payton stepped up and added, the, um, provided um, the, the winning edge in, in the series. And that's the way that team, and that's the way that team performed. Um, and that's the way a championship team has to perform. Because every game, the superstar can't carry the whole load. Someone has to step in and make something happen. And each one of these teams is searching for that one guy to step up. Uh, the guy Grant Williams from for, for Boston, who, who was so effective in the last two series, his attempts haven't been there, and uh, he, he's not getting that space that he once had in, in those other series. Look, look for him to maybe have a game. Um, the big man Williams is playing great ball, and with limited touches, when he gets the ball, he makes things happen. So, a guy that I could put in that category that they can just come and maybe have an exploding game is Poole. Poole could go for 25 off the bench in one of these games. I wouldn't be surprised. So, now let's go to the early 2000s Lakers. I thought this was crazy as I was looking back at this. So, basically, from 2000 to 2002, Shaq was basically good for, like, 
36 a game, 15 rebounds, two blocks, and he was shooting like 60% from the field. <laughs> what do you remember about remember about those runs with Shaquille O'Neal? Pure dominance. Pure dominance. A powerful force, a hammer coming down, pounding on your head over and over and over. I mean, an agile, young, athletic Shaquille O'Neal and a young, dynamic Kobe Bryant, and you throw in all the other parts and a, and a Phil Jackson and a Phil Jackson stirring up the pot with all his with all his stuff that he knows about basketball. That was a devastating formula they had. <laughs> I tell you, powerful power. Those that's, they 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 they, 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 they those 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 series weren't even close. That, those series weren't even close. They ran through Jer- they ran through Jersey Nets. They ran through Indiana. They ran through Philly. As a matter of fact, they only lost one playoff game. That whole playoff, that whole entire playoffs, I think, when they played Philly, Iverson had to step over a game with forty eight points. Shaq was in his prime. He was getting nothing but elbows and dunks of, and dunks upside the head. Elbows to the face, dunks to the face. He, he, he punished people. Uh, how many MVPs did he get? Three in a row? Yeah, three in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're going to go to the 90s. Uh, Phoenix Suns versus the Chicago Bulls in 93. So Jordan in this series... I think this is the series. What, what, what about the Phoenix Suns? This is the Phoenix Suns versus the Chicago Bulls. Right. And this was the series where I believe Michael Jordan was just waving his hands like I just can't miss, and Michael just lost his mind. Uh, so Michael, this series was forty-one a game, eight point five rebounds, six point three assists, one point seven steals, and a block a game. He shot fifty percent from the field and forty percent from three. What do you remember from Mike from this series? These are just astonishing numbers. He didn't have a match. He, he didn't have a match, Chuck. You know, Chuck was Chuck. Chuck Barkley was devastating, but he wasn't a ball hammer. So uh, he, a lot of times, other people had created his shots for him, but Michael created his own shots. And uh, he's a four. He was a force to be reckoned with. And. Uh, his matchups, uh, Marley, Marley, Barkley, Kevin Johnson, uh, Hornacek. They couldn't handle Mike. Um, but once again, Mike, in key situations, Mike always hit the open man for the shots also. So, not only was he devastating with his offensive skill set, he started trusting his teammates and became a better passer, and the rest is history. Now, Phoenix, had no answer. Phoenix had no answer for him, just like no one else did. Now, the year prior, the Bulls played the Blazers. Mike was matched up with Clyde Drexler 
that in this series, Michael gave Clyde 36 a game, 5 rebounds, 6.5 assists. Again, on 52% shooting and 42% from 3 and 90% from the line. Do you remember anything from this series? And that one year was that? 92. Yeah, that's the year after they beat the Lakers. Yes. All right, all right. He was coming into his prime. And uh, he hit like six threes in one game and put his hands up in the sky. Uh, as a matter of fact, Magic Johnson was announcing that game. <laughs> he, had, he had retired due to his situation. Uh he stands alone. He stands alone in those in those moments. Um, like Ty, everything goes in slow motion, man. And all you can do, all you all you can do it, all you can do it at, at that time was get physical with him. And after 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 that didn't work anymore, the rest is history. Knocking him down didn't work. He gained 15 pounds of muscle. Uh, he the Pistons had beat him up enough, so anything anyone else did, he was already he had already been. He got beat up all the way to the for for his first seven years. So then you then you bring in you bring in a devastating rebounding of Rodman and and the ball handling and the ball handling and the extra pass and the wizardry Tony Kukoc. I mean they had, they they. Had, they, they had something special there. And and Mr. Underrated Scottie Pippen always always came to play. He had a few few hiccups early in his career, but Scottie Pippen was a problem. He he got your ass ninety four feet. So in nineteen ninety one the Bulls played the Lakers. This was Magic Johnson's last year in the NBA, I believe, before the HIV situation happened. But in this series, Michael was 31 a game, 6.6 rebounds, 11.4 assists, which isn't normally something you think about when it comes to Michael, 2.8 steals, 1.4 blocks. Uh, He was 56% shooting from the field and 50% shooting from three. What do you remember about this series, particularly from Michael? I was over after game one. Um, guys like Terry Teagle, Tony Smith, they wasn't ready. They wasn't ready for that action. <laughs> uh, Magic was Magic was Ma- Magic was carrying on. He, he was does one of his highest scoring seasons. Um, he still was fading a little bit, but he still had more left in the tank. But Kareem was gone. Sam Perkins was. Uh, it was a replacement, and um, they won game one. They, they won game one. I think they even won it in Chicago Stadium. Yes, and they never and won then, a game after that. <laughs> no, you know, my host was high after that because you know I'm a Lakers. You know, I always, I'm, I'm always with the Magic man. But um, once Jordan got once once Jordan got in the driver's seat, he put he he he, he poured on the gas, man. He put the pedal to the metal, man. They had they, they didn't have a chance. So now let's go to nineteen ninety. Pistons versus Lakers. So Isaiah Thomas in this series. Isaiah Thomas was 
27.6 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, 7 assists, 1.6 steals, and he was 54% from the field. What do you remember from Isaiah in this series? Well, Magic pulled a hamstring. Byron pulled a hamstring. Um, Magic pulled a hamstring game two. That was it. Byron pulled a ham. Byron Scott pulled a hamstring game one. Um, they're they're those all. So they're number one. Um, and Kareem had retired. Right. Yes. Their number one option was Worthy, and uh, he he didn't have enough. He didn't he didn't have enough as an offensive threat. Um, and with the injuries, um, uh, Eldon Campbell, uh, Michael Thompson, those guys put up a little fight, but um, as far as I can remember. The bad boys was the bad boys was in pure bad bad boy mode. They had they had just took the Lakers to seven games the previous year, right? And also Utah took the Lakers to seven games, and Dallas Mavericks took the Lakers to seven games. That's when your dynasty that's when your dynasty starting to fade. When teams start taking you to seven games. You you running out of gas, right? And um, all three series, and that it went to seven games. And after that, they, the tank was empty. The tank was empty. Not making excuses, but that's the truth. Those were long. Those were those series were. You can describe them as as, as damn near a war on a basketball court. The physicality was crazy. So. That's a that's a that's a great list of games and and of basketball memories. And um, sometimes I surprise myself that those moments can flash back to my head like this. I mean, I'm not reading anything. I'm just thinking. Well, and, we um, we we got a few more for you. We we got a few more. So we have eighty-seven Celtics versus Lakers in this series. That's a series of that's a series where 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 where, where Bird where Bird threw in the towel and said Magic was the greatest ever. Yeah, and that was the end of Larry Bird's era, yeah. basically. Yeah, Larry Bird finally gave it up. I have a question as a Magic as a Magic man. How did you feel when feel when Larry Bird said that? Hey man, it's like Ali and Frazier, man. Somebody, some. I, 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 the best of gifts is the best of the best. Yo, man. I am the best, and I played the best. If I can't beat him, nobody can. And that's probably the way he felt. Who brought more, who brought, who brought more raw talent and intensity and, 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 and heart to the team than those old Celtic teams? And with the fans behind them, those were some big moments. Kareem Jabbar was in his fading glory years. And that's when Magic decided to put the franchise on his back. He had great lane fillers with Cooper and Cooper and Worthy. And once that breaks out, it was pure showtime. It was pure magic. 
You want to get physical? We can get physical. We got Michael Thompson coming in off the bench banging. Uh, um, um, we got Cooper coming off the bench playing physical ball, got three different positions. Um, our other bench players showing some effectiveness and hiring those guys off the bench, Mike McGee. We, we they had a tough day some hiring those guys. And that was a tough series. I think um, Larry Bird came like one inch from make, making from turning that whole series around with a fade away from the corner, but it went in the rim and it, it went in and it came out. And that was the end of the Bird era. So in this series, Magic Johnson, he was basically 26 a game, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds. And he was shooting well over 50%. Could you kind of remember during this time, it's like, okay, I feel like Magic's starting to separate himself from Larry. So let's go to the 1984 NBA Finals. This was Magic versus Bird, Part 1. The Celtics won this in a seven-game series. Larry Bird this series was 27.4 points per game, 14 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 2.1 steals, 1.1 blocks. He shot 48% from the field, 66% from three, and 84% from the line. What do you remember from Bird during this series? Yes, he did. And uh, he was the king of the hill. He, 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 his style of play and his big game showmanship ranks with the, ranks with the all-time greats. Um, so caught up in hating the Celtics that didn't 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 realize what we were what we were watching. You're talking about a guy that maybe averaged 21, 22 points a game, but was a total team player. Not a selfish bone in his body as far as on the basketball court. If you piss him off, he might get you for 30. But overall, he was a team player who who didn't take a lot of shots. Um, his, his, his basketball IQ was through the roof. Awesome free throw shooter. Not very athletic, but he was athletic enough to compete. And uh, he brought it. He, he brought he brought it every night. Um, his 
its career speaks for itself. And Magic got in his way, and he got in Magic's way, but that's the way it was supposed to be. Like I said, Ali Frazier, every time. Mr. Zach, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Well, you know, when you go down memory, when you go down memory lane, I mean, those are some of my favorite sports moments. Uh, I hope I give you quality information and quality stuff. And uh, you're getting out to the end of the season, so we got to make everything count right now. Um, basically, basically, we got one more. Se- but this time next week we'll be dealing with game seven if it is a game seven. So um, I'm hoping it's a game seven because I want to see all the basketball I can before sports hits the dry spell for me. And once again, I want to thank Mr. Zach for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 442nd episode of... Barbershop Sports Talk.